0: To right thinking with Steve Copeland. I'm your host, Steve Copeland, and thank you for tuning in. Let's have a great day. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today, and glad to be with you again today. So today is probably that halfway point. We're right halfway between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I I think if we pulled out the uh, the calendars, it's almost exact, and so. Uh, I'm still enjoying the uh, the thoughts of that wonderful day that I had at Thanksgiving, and now we're looking forward to Christmas. But you know, a lot of people look forward to Christmas because of the gift given and the meals and so forth. And I just want to put in a plug right now for for Jeff Heiser, his Connect 10 magazine, the December issue, is Christmas around the world. And so he asked me to write an article, or at least he, I'm a regular with them the last seven or eight months, and. I wrote an article for Connect 10, go to Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, H-E-I-S-E-R.com, Jeffreyheiser.com, and then go to the uh, place where you pull up off the menu, Connect 10, and it's the December issue. And so immediately when he asked me to write A Christmas Around the World, I got to thinking, uh, my wife and I, who's going to be on the show next week, by the way, it's a real treat for everybody. I just want to make sure you check out that show. It's our last live show before the end of the year, and it's going to be wonderful. It's kind of a review of the year, and also thanking all the people that have helped us get this far. And and then we're going to going to have at the end of the year, we're going to have uh, Richard K's, uh incarceration, its effect on families, play on Christmas Day and then first of the year on New Year's Day we're gonna have a, re, a repeat of it's recidivism, we can win the fight. So that's just a little housekeeping there. But So I wrote the article on Christmas around the world, but my wife and I are always talking about the true meaning of Christmas. So I just would like to ask you to check out that, support Jeff Heiser's uh, magazine, and read that article, and. Um, so we'll be talking about some things more next year, next next week, and then yeah, next year I'll be back. So last week, Leffert Fate was on the show, and it was his it was his uh, second time, and uh, I've gotten to know Leffert better. I went down to some prisons in South Carolina and ate dinner with Leffert, and he's he's the Leffert of the TED Talk fame. He was 31 years in the Air Force, and then he retired out of there. He was a command chief. He had a lot of lot of people that he was responsible for and then he got into south carolina department of corrections and he was in charge of medical services and he's an advocate for the mentally ill and he's just phenomenal what he does and so last week he came on and we we had a wonderful conversation on another napoleon hill book how to own your own mind and i just gotta tell you he said something to me that i get a big kick out of right in the beginning he said, Steve, I'm not your biggest fan right now. Uh, I wasn't sure what was coming next. He said, I don't know if I should hug you. or I, He actually said, I don't know if I should kiss you or choke you. And then he told uh, he told the listeners, some of you probably had a chance to hear it. He said, Steve gave me another one of these books that he said, it's a great book. You're going to really get a lot out of it. And I started reading it at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning still reading that book. But in that book, it covered the major benefits of organized thinking from Napoleon Hill. So I'm telling you right now, it's all about how you think. It's all about your mind. And all all the people that really want to help you have a better life, they tell you this. They tell you this. There's a There's one thing that the Lord gave us that no one can take away from us unless you give it away. And that's your thinking, what you think. We all have the the right, the power, the ability to think for ourselves. So go to how to own your own mind. You can go to www.knaphill.org and how to own your own mind by Napoleon Hill. It's a, it's a incredible book. It's life changing. With that said, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a, we had a new thing take place on the show. Dave Richards, who has been on now, maybe I think that might've been his ninth show maybe that was his eighth he's the guest again today and he had come up with a an idea and um, a paraphrase of what his idea was was payback Steve Donna every time I do a show with Dave and I ask him questions and interview him kind of stuff to bring out whatever topic that he's agreed to to enlighten uh, all of us with she says "I, I wouldn't do what Dave does I wouldn't sit there and allow you to ask him questions like that because You know, sometimes you make him really get in a direction that he wasn't expecting. And so the last time he was on, about three weeks ago, he came in and said, I got a new format, Steve. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be a surprise, but I have confidence in you. And so he came on the show, and we talked about Desi Dorada. Desi Dorada by Max Ehrman. And I'll tell you what. All of us have something in life that means a whole lot to us. And this this poem that we read on the air and talked about for the whole show was on his wall hanging in a frame, and he grew up reading it. And he's carried that, reading that for his whole life. It has got some of the most beautiful wisdom on how to have a, a, a good life. I think the title of the show was A Positive Model to Live By. And so, so Dave's back again today, I'm gonna to bring him on in just a second. What we're gonna to do today, he told me, is, I'll tell you what, uh, Dave's, Dave's gonna be taking over the show pretty soon. I think it's kind of one of those power coups that he's got going here. And uh, so I'm gonna let Dave introduce what we're gonna to do today. So Dave, uh, I'm gonna put myself under your good care, and just remember, we're, we're in the middle of the holiday season, so uh, don't, uh, don't, don't hurt me too much, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Uh, well, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be back on the air with you. Um, I really do enjoy enjoy these uh, uh, hours together. I spend a lot of time with you, and so um, this is always fun. So uh, I think the context here is, as you just said, was um, sharing those, th- those methods or processes um, that we think can help people. So I just made a note while you were talking, and you said... It's all about how you think. Um, uh, how to own your own mind. Just think about that. It's all about how you think. And so today's show, Steve and I didn't rehearse this going ahead of time. Um, it's all about how you think is the is the key thing. And most people, I'd say 99.999 out of 100, in order to think well, you have to keep practicing it. You have to keep working on it. So. Um, it's all about how you think doesn't mean it just naturally comes to you most people in life Train themselves to think properly they read books they watch movies they 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 go talk with mentors They are led by their parents or people they trust so that's the point what they're doing is they're learning how to think um, and so today's um, kind of Show what I wanted to talk with Steve about and Steve and I've talked about this in the past um, has to do with with one of the truly great Americans of all time. It's Benjamin Franklin. In my mind, Franklin is up there with with only two other Americans who I think are as great as him. One being Washington, and one being Lincoln. And and Franklin is was was that great a man, and maybe in many ways um, more accomplished a more accomplished American you'll never find you'll you'll ever find. Um, and and i and I'll share a little bit about that with you. But what most people don't know about Franklin was starting at a young age, uh, literally at 20. Starting at 20 years old, Franklin identified 13 virtues, what he called the virtues. Um, And This is a 20 year old man. um, 13 virtues to live his life by. And what Franklin did um, for the next 60 years, until he died basically, he had a process that every day he focused on a different virtue, and it actually worked like this. We had 13 virtues, and every week he would focus on one of the virtues. So frugality was one of the virtues, and so if that was his, the virtue this week, all week he would focus on it, um, and he'd keep track of the other 12. But he'd focus on that one, and then the next week he would focus on a different one, and his and his thinking was that if you do the math that allowed him to focus four times a year, one week, on a different virtue. So four weeks times 13 virtues is 52 weeks. So he literally went this cycle. He constantly had a um, a cycle where he was focusing on a different virtue um, every week. Um, But he didn't just leave the other 12 behind. He actually created himself because he was a printer. uh, That was his trade. He was a printer uh, and a publisher he created a little sheets of paper. And this week he had a little sheet of paper and the virtue was temperance, that that was what he was focused on. He'd he'd have the seven days of the week across the top and he'd have his virtues. And every time he did something that represented a positive accomplishment of that virtue, he just made a little check mark. And so he would look at the end of the week and see how many check marks he had on the different virtues that he he was focusing on. So I say that that's a pretty simple method. Thirteen virtues. Focus on them all the time. Create a little check sheet, and this guy did that his whole life, because that's how he became grounded and he built a routine. And in my mind, it was he was building a routine about how he could think straight. That's what that was. That's what this is all about. So, anyways, I thought today Steve and I would talk through um, the thirteen virtues. Um, um, go into depth maybe a couple. Um, most of them have some kind of a spiritual basis to them. Um, not all of them, but almost all of them relate in some way um, to a, to a faith organization. You'll see those those threads. Um, and I've made some notes along these lines, and uh, I thought we'd just go forth. So, with that, what um, Steve, I welcome, love your comments. Um, but we'll come back a little bit to Franklin. Just you need to, if you haven't read up on Franklin, you should. He was a just a remarkable, remarkable man um, in terms of his his breadth. So I, I was just making some notes. You know, Franklin was a very, very accomplished businessman. He managed to start his own company and retire at a young age when people didn't retire. So he was an incredibly accomplished businessman. He was probably the most renowned scientist of the seventeen hundreds. I mean, so business guy. Um, many people would say somebody like Isaac Newton was the most renowned scientist of the 1600s with all the work he did in physics. Well, Franklin's work in energy and many other areas, electricity, were groundbreaking. I mean, this was Nobel kind of prize-winning type of stuff. So he was an incredible scientist, an inventor of the bifocals, the lightning rod, the Franklin stove. I mean, he, he was a prolific inventor. And then you get to the civic side of what he did. He Founded the Philadelphia Fire Department. Um, University of Pennsylvania came from a, a smaller college that ultimately turned into UPenn. Um, he was the founder of the American Philosophical Society. So, um, and then you get to his political stuff. He was you know, signed the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Um, he was a you know early early um, a prominent abolitionist. Uh, early early in his life, he owned slaves, and very quickly he realized. That's just not the that's just not the right thing to do, and became a very early um, abolitionist. So the point is, here is as accomplished a person as you'll ever find in the history of our country. And if you look at how he trained his mind, he was diligent in just focusing on these basic virtues, what he called the virtues, these traits, to succeed. And that's why you know people I read a lot, you know Steve reads a lot. Everybody I know that's trying to get ahead is reading. You're reading the words of others who've come before and looking for pearls of wisdom. So so with that, we're gonna go through some of these, but let me uh, kick it back over to the boss. Thank you.
0: What I thought I would do today though is go silent on you. I've I've had interviews where people went silent (laughs) on me and it's really hard. So you gotta pull it out of me today, Dave. I'm not gonna speak today. No, I'm just joking. So uh, Dave, you gave me a title for today. We gave each show a title and it's uh, Living a Life of Excellence. Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues so this is going to be very interesting and for those of you that don't really know that much about Benjamin Franklin uh, when I was a kid in Norfolk Virginia we had Ben Franklin five and dime it was a toy store and I I grew up there that was my favorite place so I had an early uh, love for Benjamin Franklin because they had a soda fountain there and I think Dave that's what's wrong with the world right now is that uh,
1: not soda fountains. there's not
0: enough soda fountains anymore right, where I'm you can you. go in there and just get a banana split or a hamburger with that nice relish on it, you know, and that bun that was just right. And so I spent many days there. But I want to tell one story about Ben Franklin's uh, Five and Dime store. I'm not going to tell you his name, but, you know, we were kids about 14 years old, maybe a little, little less, maybe 12. And uh, so this friend of mine, uh, we, we got our baseball gloves there and all that kind of stuff. Well, he went in there and he took a $50 baseball glove, which was like a $700 baseball glove in today's world. I mean, we're talking the late 1950s, early 1960s. And he changed the price tag and put $7 on that glove. He took a $50 glove, I mean, real leather, like a, a, a Rawlings or something, you know, good, a good brand. And I said, you can't do that. He goes, he goes no, she... You know it's fine. This is a good love, and and uh, and I said, well, that's that's dishonest. And he goes, the lady won't know the difference. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm not privy to this. So you think the story's going to end up that I turned him in? No, he did it, and it was it was awful. But the second part of the story is, we found a wallet one day, his brother and I, on the sidewalk, and uh, we reached down, and it had a couple hundred dollars in it. Now that's a lot of money back in 1960 or so. Actually, we were like 1963. And, uh, and he goes, wow, this is a great day. And, and I said, well, we gotta go back there to the store and turn it in and let them see if anybody tries to claim it, that's a serious thing. And uh, it, didn't, it didn't have a license in it though. So my friend didn't wanna do it. And I said, we have to. So we took it back to uh, Ben Franklin. And, uh, and then it was the owner of the store. And he, when we turned it in, he had it out of his pocket, and he took out twenty dollars, and he gave us a twenty-dollar bill, and we 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 split it. Well, my friend was really irritated. Said, "Next time I find a wallet, I'm never giving it back because that guy had all that money, and all he gave us was twenty bucks." So some of you. Which side of the fence are you on in that story? You know what I mean? So anyway, Dave, help yourself. I just want to get those out there. I, I, I always try to do the right thing. And, and if you don't know what the right thing is, study Ben Franklin.
1: <laughs> That's great. So why don't we start this way? We're going to go through what the 13 virtues are. If you happen to be in front of a computer, you could go Google Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues. <laughs> Steve's laughing. If one
0: of them's honesty, I think we've already covered
1: it. <laughs> um, it's really interesting what isn't on, on his virtues list so I'm going to just read them to you very quickly um, and then we're going to come back to them number one is temperance, two is silence three is order, four is resolution five is frugality, six is industry, seven is sincerity eight is justice nine is moderation 10 is cleanliness 11 is tranquility 12 is chastity and 13 is humility so those are the 13 virtues that franklin identified as how to live a virtuous and excellent life if you could follow those rigorously your life would be better and it's interesting as i've as i've looked at this list i came from a a little while, a few minutes ago, I was talking at a at a high school um, with, in front of the the students, um, and a lot of what I was speaking about maybe touched on these, but a lot of also what I was talking about was was teamwork and, and stuff like that. And you start thinking through other virtues, um, or honesty, and, and maybe that falls under you know one of these others in here. Justice, um, i put it under justice. Yeah. So it's there, but there's there's new virtues um, that you know are 250 years later. Um, may make more sense, but this is a pretty solid solid list um, and you could um, you know go deep on a whole bunch of these and so uh, <coughs> excuse me so I wanted to start um, on on one of these um, given the right thinking foundation and the message of the right thinking Foundation and you know uh, plan ahead and think and it will get better uh, and number four is resolution um, and what Franklin. With, after each of the virtues he, he had a f- little phrase and with resolutions it's resolve to perform what you ought perform without fail what you resolve so let me say that again resolution resolve to perform what you ought what you should perform without fail what you resolve
0: that's that's really beautiful I I was glad that you uh, did it just the way you did because five or six of these in here the word is kinda like an old English type of a word that a lot of people in today's modern world might not even understand and we'll get to those one at a time as we do it Uh, but but what you just centered in on my paraphrase to that is just so straightforward it's one of the things that I teach about credit my my, my counsel on credit, when I, when I teach people that in order to succeed, you've got to have credit. And I'm not just talking about credit. It's not just money. And I give my definition of credit. But the most basic definition of credit that I offer up is it's honoring your good name, doing what you say you're going to do, and resolution to perform what you say you're going to do. Uh, do me a favor. Re- read that one more time. Resolve to perform
1: what you ought. Perform without fail what you resolve.
0: Well, you know, the second time I've heard it, it's maybe not just the part of credit that I get about, honoring your good name, it's, it's accepting responsibility. And that, I think, I, I think if I had a multiple choice test here, I'd say, I'm going to go with accepting responsibility because the main thing that I try to do through all of my, my, my mentoring and my programs, my counseling, is I try to get people to accept responsibility. And I, I think that's what that one is. Oh, absolutely. And I also think,
1: you know, it's don't give up. Don't give up. Perform without fail what you resolve. If you resolve to get ahead in life, you can't give up. There, there's just no choice. You have to keep performing because that's, how it, th- that's what it means. To perform is to do, not perform up on a stage, but to perform. Get your plan, work your plan, resolve to do it, and just you have to keep at it in Franklin's case his one of his resolves was to keep focusing on his 13 virtues I mean he just kept going over and over and over because he thought that's how he would become a better person.
0: Franklin has demonstrated in the way he did that uh, an incredible self-discipline and and that's one of the the basics that we have to that's a that's one of the pillars of everything is self-discipline and and I like Resolve. We, we could do 13 weeks in a row so let's stay on Resolve here for this whole show. I, I love it you know one one of the things that uh, all of the greats that are trying to mentor people that are the ones that sold 100 million copies of Thinking, Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, it's know your desire and never quit. It's be focused that that sink that's that that purpose that single-minded focus that we have to have. One of one of the things that Leffert and I covered covered last week on, on just that that there is when you're focused and going after what you're supposed to, you, you don't have distractions. And, and let, let me just go into that for a second. On, on the show with Leffert last week, that's one of the top things that I think came out of the conversation, where we talked about how to own your own mind with Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill, I, I brought up the word obsession, and I covered it last week, but I just want to do a little review. A lot of people think that obsession is a bad word. Uh, you know, obsessive compulsive behavior, Steve, you're obsessed with that. Stop it. You know stuff like that. I just said this this last week on the show, but every great person that's successful has a positive obsession, which means when you really know that's what you gotta gotta do, then you're gonna self guide yourself to eliminate distractions that take you away from achieving your goal. So that's my word on that one. I'll stop. No, that's that's
1: that's wonderful. I was a um, couple couple ways to go. With that one of the. Yeah, this is either Churchill or Robert Frost and they're very different people but basically paraphrasing that is like the best way of the best way out of trouble the best way out of trouble is always through so the best way if, if you're in trouble and I, I mean this um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm just struggling the answer is don't give up the answer is you gotta get through it so You gotta kind of resolve to work your way through that situation, Um, and I can't think of any world-class athlete, or musician, or teacher, or anybody that's world-class business person um, that I know that just gives up. They just don't. They keep working at their craft. They keep at it and at it and at it, and 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 that's what life is. You have to keep at it and at it and at it. Um, um, You know, Franklin, 60 years focusing on 13 words. I mean, that's the epitome of focus uh, because he knew it would make him a better person.
0: Three or four thoughts come to my mind on that. One is, you know, everybody says Thomas Edison's the epitome of it, you know, with the light bulb like over 10,000 failures and you learn from it each time. It's just one less thing that can go wrong type thing. And so one of my one of my th- things that I try to encourage people is, hey, just do the best you can, and learn from your mistakes, and don't give up, and don't kick yourself too hard. That's a big part of the counsel there. But on my perseverance quotes, rightthink.org, the website for right thinking, rightthink.org, I've got a, a document in there called perseverance quotes, and the Winston Churchill quote that is the closest to what you're talking about right now is, when you're going through hell, keep going and then an inmate in Greensville Men's Work Center about five years ago that uh, put me onto the book uh, Outwitting the Devil. that had just come out and I, hadn't, I didn't know about it. Uh, he told me that, uh, Steve, do you know the second half of that? And I said, uh, no, I've never heard it. I just heard the Winston Churchill thing. It's on the poster. When you're going through hell, keep going. But he said the second half is and you'll get through hell so fast the devil won't even know you've been there. I love that, and just to go back to outwitting the devil, and and your your introduction to what we're doing today about thinking, um, that's what outwitting the devil is all about. And in the Napoleon Hill interview with the uh, the devil, and the devil boasts that he's controlled 98% of the of every person that's ever walked the face of the earth. Napoleon Hill says, "How how are you able to control 98%?" And he says, "Well, through fear," and he talks about the seven major fears and all that stuff, but Napoleon Hill says to the devil, this is Dave, you're wondering why I'm going this long in it, but this is your exact point that we're bringing up today. Napoleon Hill says, well, if you're that good at what you do, how come you couldn't control the minds of that last 2%? And the devil said, drat you, it's because they know how to think for themselves. There you have it.
1: That's wonderful. Um... So let's move on. I want to I do it with... Uh, Take over. Yeah, no, so this is, this is great. So how about industry? So this is one of the 13, industry. Um, and what Franklin says is, lose no time, be always employed in something useful, cut off all unnecessary actions. <laughs> okay, so let's go through that again. Lose no time, always employed in something useful cut off all unnecessary actions. Um, Now I think this one I think is one of the more interesting ones if you if you think you know Franklin um, a lot of people would say well boy Franklin seemed to have done a lot of stuff that um, he was um, he loved women he loved music he loved uh, he loved life and so If you just look at industry as work, if if that's what you mean by the word industry, then you'd look at Franklin's life and say, well, it doesn't seem to tie together. But that's not how Franklin looked at life. Franklin looked at life as broadly, and he didn't want to waste a lot of time. So anything he did, um, he did with, with passion and industry and threw himself into it, which is why he could do so many things. So in today's terms, he wouldn't have been someone sitting on the couch and playing video games, you know, nothing wrong with video games, but not maybe the epitome of what in, industrious need, means. So, he threw himself into his his um, music. He played the violin. He played all sorts of He into his inventions, into his business. Um, he didn't sit around and spend a lot of useless time. Um, I look at the life that way as well. For people that I know, they work forty hours a week they come home they don't just sit they may literally go get another part-time job and work another 20 hours or they may go spend the time in the school vo- volunteering or they're going to be reading and improving their skills and um, they're they're employed in something they're they're, they're, they're getting smarter um, and so again I just think this notion of, of industry is so important if you can if you can if you don't have the energy to do it on your own you've got to figure out how to put yourself in a stream where you will be more industrious. Meaning go to a church, go to a, go to a, a group, go to a, you know, um, support groups. Do something that gets you or helps you build these habits because that's what you need. You need to, if you don't have those habits, you got to build them. And if you can't build them by yourself, figure out how to find people to help you do it.
0: Wow. I got about 17 thoughts there. Uh, one of them is you just described the mastermind group. It's to surround yourself with people that are like-minded with a common goal that can work together in, in a harmonious manner. That's how Napoleon Hill describes it. So that's part of it. But Dave, you, you read, you're a historian, and, and you're educated. And I, that's a compliment. You're self-educated beyond just other schooling. I mean, you don't just stop with you know, the, 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 the formal education. You, you, you're you a lifetime reader. I like to read the dictionary. I've spent years and years having the dictionary be uh, just something I like to read um, because, wow, it just teaches you so much and it's fun. And that's one thing my wife and I do. We bought, we bought some Oxford dictionary, which is the dictionary. It's like, I mean, the thing is like two feet big, you know, and like, I mean it's the biggest book it weighs 30 pounds and we've had a lot of time where we just like to do that where we talk about a word and and if you're reading a book this is a suggestion to everybody if you're reading a book and there's a word that you're not familiar with google it go to the dictionary I have to tell you everything I do I google words all the time to make sure I know the right the the right context of the word that I want to use so I want to do a little word study here on this one for you uh industry there's a, there's a variation of the word industry called industrious. So if a person is an industrious person, we're not talking about an industrial warehouse, factory worker type thing, but you know, they, I could relate that if you like. But if a person is industrious, they show that they have a lot of, of Ben Franklin's virtues. They're, they're gonna be hardworking. That's one of the parts of being an industrious person. Uh, they also show initiative because when they run out of things to do they're gonna replace it with something else and that goes into another thing that I want to throw at you Uh, when you stay busy with doing productive things and you achieve things that need to get done when you get that big pile of stuff off your desk and get it done you're gonna end up having a clearer mind and you're gonna be thinking better and you're gonna have a feeling of satisfaction it's gonna build your self-confidence but a little expression here and maybe you know where this came from idleness is the devil's workshop an idle mind is the devil's workshop so Dave did you did you come up with that one or did I just think that that's where it came from
1: <laughs> I didn't come up with it but I, I, I agree if you wanna if you wanna find a, a, a good recipe for trouble go put you know, six 16 year old boys together with nothing to do on a nice summer's day And they'll find trouble because it's just um, so. What's the point of that? My mother would keep us so darn busy for exactly that, knowing we'd find trouble. So um, we always think back to our 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 (laughs) mothers. Um, I don't know where I was going with that.
0: Well, I was going to ask you: Are you saying that from experience? And uh, yeah, you had a good mother that kept you in the right direction, and, and so did I. But I was more of a latchkey kid, I believe, and was turned loose too soon.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I was talking with a, this industriousness, industrious um, word, came up about a couple of weeks ago. I had a friend visiting from out of town um, overseas, very, very successful in the investment banking world, um, average intelligence guy who works just very, very, very hard um, and really, really cares about his customers and the business and really, really cares. Uh, but not but no smarter than the average person and but is done very, very well. And so we were talking about what does it take nowadays to get ahead and, and somehow he used the example which I thought was fascinating. He said, Yeah. He said and, and again this, this guy's really, really senior. And he gave this example. He said, When I hire somebody, he said, Sometimes you hire these young people and they went to great schools and all that, but they weren't really very they worked hard. But they weren't clever, or they weren't industrious, or they didn't really care. In the example he used, he said, said, you know, here's an example, he said, if I need to have a document get across town and there's all sorts of traffic jams, he says, I don't want to hear an excuse. He said, I want that person grabbing a bike and riding it across town themselves and not relying on anybody else. He says, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for the person who just would not be stopped. they 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 didn't see an obstacle and, and and just cave into it. They found a way around it. They just and when I when he told me the story, I thought, my gosh, that is him. <laughs> that is this guy. He would be the guy throwing some messenger off his bike, grabbing his bike, and and you know throwing the guy a hundred dollar bill and saying, I need your bike. Sorry, I got to get this document someplace. My boss is depending on me. Others would fail. They would say, I I couldn't get there. There was a traffic jam. But the people that f- work their way through the jungle—they don't give up. They're to be admired. Can I
0: p- pick up on that? Sure. Thank you. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking about today's world, modern-day people. And I got a friend named Gil at the YMCA. He's 92 years old, and and I just wished him a a happy holiday today. And I complimented him and I said, Gil, you're an inspiration because you have used your mind and you've never stopped using it. And you've kept it active. And you know, you read all the time. And he said, you gotta keep moving. And so that's part of it. But but what I want to talk about is the people that are gonna get that job done, they're gonna find a way to do it. Benjamin Franklin probably didn't have this word back then, but creative problem solving. Uh, being a creative problem solver. And, and what I'm trying to say to you, for all of you that are listening, while we're doing this, I'm thinking, okay, a lot of us that are tuned in, we haven't been a lot of, spent a lot of time reading, and, and Dave and I are trying to encourage you to, to make some changes in your life and be, be motivated and, and, and go through it. And we're having these conversations so that you might hear some successes of other people or, or the the qualities and things that other people did to get successful but let's talk real simple for a second about people that have not been real successful that are in trouble uh, when I was in the South Carolina uh, Manning uh, reentry uh, men's work release center I, uh, I went around the room and I was asking the gentleman there to uh, what are some of your goals in life and One guy said it first time I've ever heard it, but I wanted to give this back to you today, Dave. He said, "To stop wasting so much time." And I, I went over and gave him a a handshake on that. I would have given him a hug. Did you 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 gave him a handshake or a hug? It was a high five actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was a high five. That's closer to a hug. Yeah, but the thing was, that was brilliant. Yeah. But then I pointed at him and said, "You're going to succeed because you got it right. That's the beginning." So what I'm trying to tell you is, if you've seen your life not be what you would like it to be maybe some of you don't even know what it could be because you've just been so doled out by all the different adversities that you've gone through so just take it from me and Dave here just start believing start believing I'm gonna slip in uh, some great. scripture today because I hadn't done any yet I, I didn't know what the show was gonna be so I just brought some what I call some scriptures on not giving up because that's a central theme that we always cover let me read a couple here Isaiah 40 31 he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I had a pocket knife that I bought one time that actually my wife gave it to me. I picked it out that had that scripture on it because they will soar on wings like eagles. Can I, uh, uh, cause I, can I try to keep up with I can't keep up with you.
1: But how about <laughs> Proverbs
0: 10.4? Wow.
1: Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely right on. I got a friend that, there's 30 Proverbs, by the way, when I just was thinking that in my initial notes that I was taking when you were introducing me to today's topic here. And uh, what I came up with was I got, a, I got a friend who's a contractor, his name's Steve. Proverbs, there's 30 Proverbs, and probably for the last 25 years, he reads all 30 Proverbs every day of the month. I guess he gets a day off, and in February, must have to double up (laughs) one day. But that's where he goes. When you read those Proverbs, you're going to be immersed in positive things that are going to be in your head instead of wasteful things. And so, yeah, thank you. Back to you oh well, um, I, I said thank you but I'll continue so I'll give you another beautiful one here so Jeremiah 29:11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future yeah so let's put all this together just for a second since you threw it back to me what we're really trying to do here is we're trying to we're trying to encourage inspire motivate, And I'll just tell you the basic point when I travel around the country. I have a message of love, encouragement, and hope. And then I provide tools once somebody makes up their mind that they're ready to to make the changes and and move on. And I did get into a a conversation uh, with Donna, actually, when I came up with that once. She said, it ought to say love, hope, and encourage. And I'm not gonna argue with my wife, but I Mm -hmm. told her what my thinking was. My thinking was this. People that don't have hope need to be encouraged so that they start to have hope. And if you try to get them into telling them all these wonderful things that they can be to say that I want to help you have some hope, the, the love is the first thing no matter what else we're going to talk about. You've got to be in a loving mode with people. And, uh, wow, uh, you know, I was just telling you before the show, Lefford is doing a lot of speaking. He's a trainer for TED Talks the ted talk he did on uh, correcting the uh, corrections uh, advocacy for a mental illness in less than a year and a half he's had 360,000 people listen to his ted talk on that subject so lefford is a person that i think i can i can quote him and say you ought to listen to lefford fate he's he, he's got some pretty strong advice here and so when 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 i when i talk about that i guess i guess the point that i'm trying to give here is that you need to when you speak to other people when you are trying to be there for other people put them before yourself and if you're worried about public speaking or just trying to speak don't think about yourself don't analyze how well you spoke just remember the the gift the value that you're trying to give to someone give it to them and make sure they receive it and don't worry about yourself if that's who you are if you're just trying to to, to do for others, put others before yourself, you're gonna end up communicating and they're gonna get something out of it and then you're gonna build that trust and then you're gonna build that respect and then we can move forward together and, and figure out new ways to solve problems.
1: And people, I think that's great advice. Um, people know who's genuine and people know who's not genuine. And if, and if you're genuinely trying to help somebody and you don't do it perfectly, your tent, intent is right, Trust me, they will receive it well and understand and appreciate um, because they know you care and they know you're trying to help. Um, I, I think this this notion of, of hope is uh, it's the key. You know, people that give up hope um, it's hope that keeps you going through tough times. It's what you you oh, say. Yeah. You know what? Uh, uh, I can put up with anything because I have hope and m- literally everybody who's listening to this you do have hope um, there is there there is hope its its it's everything you know Steve continually talks about its reading it's getting more educated It's finding you know the right um, support mechanisms and putting yourself up there because you can you you know you can go forward you can improve you can have a better life um, you've, you've got to believe that that's where it starts and then you gotta get off the couch you gotta go get in the game. You you, you you just you just have to do it, and it, it doesn't have to be painful. It, it may be awkward. It may be different, um, but you just gotta get started. And and everybody I know that struggles, um, they, they when they do that, they feel better afterwards. They they're taking control of their life.
0: I'm gonna give you a trick question, Dave. You ready? Fire. What's the biggest cause of failure? Giving up never starting <laughs> yeah i tell you it's a trick question hey dave let's do this we got about six minutes left okay. maybe five um let me throw a uh the 13 virtues uh this is the lightning round i'm going to give you a virtue and you sort of tell what it means and you got to do we've done about three or four of them okay so uh give each one about 20 seconds at the most are you ready fire temperance eat not to dullness drink not to elevation wow okay so that's one for those of you that have a tendency to uh, want to escape too much and to uh, just in the pain because you can't face reality, uh, stop. <laughs> uh, what's What's the second one? Silence. Okay, I, my note S- I couldn't read it.
1: Speak not, but what may benefit others or yourself. Avoid trifling conversation.
0: Oh wow! Hey Dave, I'll I'll give you something quick. I know I okay, it's yeah, within yeah. 20 seconds. Uh, the Lord gave us two ears, but only one mouth. Listen more. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I hear that too much from other people. <laughs> yeah, order. You already covered order a little bit, doing things in the in the right Let order. Let all your things have their places. Okay. Yep. You've done resolution. Yep. Frugality.
1: Make no expense but to do good to others or yourself,
0: i.e. waste nothing. Well, that's interesting. Make
1: no expense but to do good to others or yourself.
0: So what it's saying is is that watch how you spend your money, but if you're spending money on the necessities of life, and, and don't waste it on other things. Use yep. it f- properly. You've done industry. Sincerity. Use
1: no hurtful deceit. Think innocently and justly and if you speak
0: speak accordingly. People can tell when you're not sincere uh, yep. when you're trying to con somebody just to get what you want, to use somebody to get your what you want. It ain't gonna last long. Yep. Uh, we did ju- well justice. Wrong none by
1: doing injuries or omitting the benefits that are your duty. Oh, wow. The second part's really interesting. Wrong none by doing injuries. That's pretty straightforward. Or omitting the benefits that are your duty, meaning it's your duty to provide these benefits to others. If you don't, that's that's an injustice. If you can give and you don't give, that's as wrong as not giving.
0: Mm. That's really, that's really good. Uh, Moderation.
1: I, I think um, uh, I love moderation. Avoid extremes. Forbear resenting injuries so much as you think they deserve. Avoid extremes. Get that. Be in the middle. Forbear resenting injuries so much as you think they deserve. Get get past them.
0: So, did you have a uh, a little a little saying that your mother gave you on moderation? Who I don't know. What's yours? Well, yeah. Well, I guess it's my mother wasn't much into moderation, but but everything, everything in moderation, including moderation. Right. And (laughs) what, 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 what I, as that relates to me, my mother said that, look, if you're in debt and you're working yourself uh, 80 hours a week, trying to get out of debt and you got all the right ideas to try to be diligent and industrious and everything else to try to make up for what you've done wrong and make it all right. You're going to burn yourself out. You've got to buy a necktie for yourself every now and then. You know, you, you can't just go that hard and be that serious. You've got to lighten up just a little bit because that, that's a key to life, by the way, is if you're always pushing hard and always being serious, if you're that serious, uh, just see a funny movie every now and then. Okay, cleanliness. Tolerate no uncleanliness in body,
1: clothes, or habitation, which I think there was probably 100 years where you never had to say this one because society was just kind of clean ordered probably when Franklin was living, you needed to say this, and I think we need to get back to this notion. At at times, we've come a sloppy society, just in general, you know, and I think there's something to be said about orderliness.
0: Clean up your mess doesn't only mean your physical mess. Right. It's it's a cleanliness. Clean up your act, that's another one, that's not physical. But uh, Mr. Daughtry was my mechanical drawing teacher in, in the eighth grade at Northside Junior High School, and what Mr. Daughtry, had on the board which was one of the main slogans that that, I, that we, he taught us to live by and yeah, we got 13 virtues that you've lived by, and it's beautiful, was cleanliness, do you Is know it Dave?
1: Is next to godliness? Yeah that's it Dave, You were, your
0: mother taught you, good. Yep. Okay, tranquility. Be, I, there's another, I like
1: this one a lot, be not disturbed at trifles or at accidents common or unavoidable. Move on, I mean so many people get caught up in stuff that's drama they make drama they want drama and the answer is no so much of life is just trifles just let it go
0: (laughs) i'm laughing because when when don and i went to south carolina to columbia to the prisons down there we went into uh it was actually charleston first and we went to the place called the marketplace that's just a beautiful place to go and 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 they got these old cotton gins where they have like all these you know nice shops and everything and they had these all these little wooden things that are like expressions on these. And one of them said, y- you'll be my friend forever because you need my drama. <laughs> I like that. So I'm not going to say who we were thinking about to give that one to. But, uh, but yeah, you know, so... Uh, well, that, that's the one I came up with. I had another one about, so tranquility. So we went to a Lone Star uh, on the interstate. Uh, we, we couldn't get off the traffic. was unbelievable in and, and Charlotte. I had never seen such awful traffic. My wife was amazed at Charlotte coming home. But we finally pulled off to a Lone Star, it was a steak place, and uh, I went into the restroom, and on the wall there they had all this cowboy stuff, and it was like this frame little saying, and it, and, it, and it said, it said, speak slowly, Think quick, the cowboy. I thought that was really good. You can picture John Wayne like that. You know, he didn't need to speak too fast. He, he he had a big punch. Okay, chastity.
1: Rarely use venery, but for health or offspring. Never to dullness, weakness, or the injury of your own or another person's peace or your reputation. Oh,
0: jeez. So so chastity is a pureness to it. Yes. There's a pureness to it, and and so let me just say this: we all need to respect each other, and when you know, no means no. Let's just we can have a whole show on that. No means no. Okay, and humility. You'll like this. Imitate Jesus and Socrates. This
1: was Franklin. Humility. Imitate Jesus and Socrates. I look at this one now, and a lot of the leaders, there is no humility. <laughs> a lot of them are using. a lot of them are using the you know the name of Jesus, and uh, and, and they go, you got to be kidding. This is no, 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 no. Humility is that. That's what humility is.
0: How about Socrates, though? You want to explain why it's with Socrates?
1: No, just uh, another one of the great thinkers who, again, everything was in moderation. Everything was balanced. Every, it was yep. understated.
0: Uh, I had a word in there, balance. I wanted to bring you the yep. word balance. So so with everything that you've talked about today that you brought forth with Benjamin Franklin's 13 Virtues, it's all about a balance in life. It's stay healthy. Do, you know. In other words, balance. And we'll talk more about balance another time. Dave, did you enjoy today's... Uh, Conversation on uh, Benjamin Franklin's 13 Virtues? Very much enjoyed it and, and to to those of you listening,
1: find a model that works for you and just keep working it. If it's Franklin's, great. If it's someone else's,
0: great. But just take ownership and control of your life. That's unbelievable. Good advice. So Dave, thanks for being on the show today and we're, we're going to stop now but I just want to encourage each one to follow Dave's advice. Benjamin Franklin, read more and just have a Have a wonderful week. God bless each one of you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I look forward to being with you again next week. And remember, don't quit. Plan ahead. It will get better. God bless you and have a great week.